Praise the Lord, church. Amen. It's good to be a part of this congregation. As Pastor mentioned, uh, we've been here a while, right about 28 years. Just adding that up just a few days ago, right about 28 years. And, um, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about this church is, man, the teaching, the word of God, the doctrine, amen, the liberty that we have, amen, to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. I'm thankful, amen, for all that Bishop and Pastor has taught into us, preached into us. And um, I'm forever grateful, amen, to, uh, to the leadership of this church. And it um, doesn't matter how hard the devil tries, he can't kick me out. Amen. I'm here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I've got something from the Lord to give to you tonight. And so... If it, if it doesn't come out right, I'll, I'll, I'll take the, the credit for that. But if it comes out good, well, to God be the glory. Amen. If you would, stand with me tonight. I'm going to read out of the book of Matthew, chapter number 14. Matthew, chapter 14, I'm going to read verses 22 through 33, if you'll follow along with me. The word reads, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And we had, when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. If you would, if you would lay your Bibles down and pray with me that God would have his perfect way tonight. Lord Jesus, we ask you, God, for your anointing. I pray, God, that you would minister to every need that is in this house. I pray, God, that you would multiply our faith, Lord, that you would strengthen us tonight. Lord, in the name that is above every name, Jesus, anoint us, God, not to be hearers only, but to be doers of your word, Father God. We trust in you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. For just a few moments tonight, I want to talk to you on this subject, the fourth watch. The fourth watch. And, and if, you, if you'll preach with me, it won't take us long for God to move in this place. Amen, if we will respond together. The text we read takes place just after Jesus 
feeds over 5,000 with two fishes and five loaves of bread. If you needed a faith builder, this should have built some serious faith for those present, especially for those that took up 12 baskets of leftovers. Betty Crocker and Uncle Ben, he, they don't got nothing on Jesus. My mom and dad, did a, they did a pretty good job feeding five. But to feed 5,000, that's, that's just a little extra, if you ask me. That's almost ridiculous to feed 5,000 with two fishes and five loaves of bread. If we learn, church and visitors tonight, guests, if we learn to put some things in the hands of Jesus, if we would learn to let go of some things that we're holding on to and put them in the hands of the master, amen, and allow him to break some things in our lives, amen, he knows how to multiply, amen, he knows how to divide, he knows how to bless us, but it's going to take us, amen, trusting in Jesus and saying, Lord, I'm not going to hold on to this, but I'm willing, amen, to surrender to you, I'm willing to submit some things and put them in your hands, Lord. The scripture says that Jesus constrained or he compelled the disciples to get into the ship. He was sending them over to the other side while he went back to the multitude that he had just fed to send them back home. As we read, he will find, will find Jesus. He makes his way up into a mountain to pray alone. Now, you know, I don't know if, if, if you've ever been compelled by God. But that word compelled means that the disciples didn't want to go. It, it wasn't like Jesus said, hey, boys, why don't you guys go and get in the ship and, and I'll meet you on the other side. They didn't just go, okay, Jesus, no problem. We'll, we'll get in the boat. No issue. No, Jesus had to convince them. He had to prod them. He had to, he had to push them. Compel means to drive or urge forcibly, forcibly or irresistibly to cause to do or occur by overwhelming pressure. Jesus had to put some pressure on these boys. I, I can imagine, you know, maybe being one of those disciples and, and Jesus trying to convince me to get on a boat and I'm trying to figure this thing out. Like, why are you sending me? Where are you going to go, Jesus? Man, we just experienced revival. We just, we just saw a miracle happen. And now you want to send us away? But Jesus had to, to compel them. In the year 2011, 2012, let me just, I'm just going to share a, a bit of my life with you. But in 2011, 2012, um, I, went through, I went through some storms. There, there, were, there were some boisterous winds. There were some dark nights. Amen. In my life. I was working for, the, or the employer I was working for at the time, um, started going through some tough financial problems. We began to run out of inventory, and as, as a salesman, you know, when you don't have inventory, you can't sell. And, and, and when, when you get paid off of what you sell, if you can't sell, guess what? Your paycheck gets a little bit smaller. And so we were coming out, you know, of the 2009 financial crisis, and and. and our, our company just wasn't able to fully pull out of it. And so 2011 and 2011, payroll checks started bouncing. So I had to get creative and try to, 
you know, beat everybody else to the bank to, to make sure my, my paycheck would go through. But who, who wants to live in a, in a situation like that? You know, uncertainty. And, and so I began, to, I began to pray and I began to ask God for direction. I began to ask God, Lord, you're gonna, you, you got to do something because things don't look good. Things do not look good. And so I went on a 40-day media fast. And I began to just seek God. And I'm not, I'm not telling you this, you know, to boast how, you know, spiritual I am. I'm just telling you that this is what occurred. And so I went on a 40-day media fast, and I began to, to seek God. I began to ask Lord, the Lord for his direction in my life. And it was during that time that in prayer, God began to, he began to deal with me. And he began to show me that at the time, let me just kind of back up a little bit here. So we were, at the time, my wife and I, we were working in, in the youth ministry. We were teaching 7th and 8th. And um, prior to teaching 7th and 8th, when we got married, we started, we started out on the bus ministry. We started running the bus routes. And, and, and we wanted to do something for the kingdom of God. And uh, I remember first and second grade opening up. And Brother Kendricks came to me and said, hey, would you like to teach first and second? Now, you know, when you're a young man and you're trying to, you know, get your ministry kicked off, first and second grade doesn't sound all that exciting. If I could just be real today. I, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't really see myself teaching first and second grade. But I said, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And so then, you know, the, a couple years later, the door opened up and, and we were able to move into, that's ultimately that's where we wanted to be, but we moved into a, a seventh and eighth grade and we began to teach there. And, and, and um, you know, it, we had a great time. We had a great time. Many of you, and I don't know how many of you young people are here today that you went through our, how many of you were in our first and second grade and then went through seventh and eighth with us? There, there's some of you, I know some of you are raising your hand, you all can't see them, but, but um, you're here tonight. And so it was during this time that, that I began to pray and, and God began to deal with me and the Lord told me, you're going to be moved out of youth ministry. I said, what? Lord, this can't be. This is where my... My burden's at. This is my, my passion is here. And, and I began to just seek God's face. And I just came to the realization that, okay, Lord, if this is, if this is your will, you'll unfold it. And it wasn't but a few services later. I can remember almost like if it was yesterday. And, Pastor, you can attest to this. Right here, I remember Pastor saying, hey, I, I need to talk to you after church. I said, okay. And it was, it was that evening the pastor said, hey, I, I'd, I'd like for you to, to do something different. I'd like for you to teach discipleship. And the reason why I'm saying that is I'm trying to, I want to build somebody's faith tonight. If there may be things in your life that you may not want to do, but God is moving you in a direction. You may not always understand what God is doing in your life. Amen. But if you'll submit and surrender to the will of God, I can tell you. That he'll work everything out. Amen. Don't fight the will of God. Don't fight, amen, against, amen, the plan of God. If you'll just surrender and submit to the will of God, amen, God will unfold everything. Everything. Now, some of you look real serious. So I'm going to try to make you laugh here a little bit. So <laughs> when, I was, when I was working at this company I was telling you about that I was working for, um, we were going through some financial difficulties. The boss that I worked for, he was, he was a Jewish man. He was a good man. I, I mean, he was a very, very generous man. But, you know, um, I love accents. Accents are funny. Anybody here like accents? 
and accents and culture, right? So I just got to tell you this real quick. So we, one day he came down, and he loved to eat. He loved to eat. And, and I'd get a phone call every now and then, you know, and he'd, he'd, he'd call me up and he'd say, hey, Nate, where are you? Oh, Jonah, I'm out here, you know, visiting customers. Hey, I'm going to be in town, you know, um, around 12 o'clock. Let's do lunch. I said, okay, Jonah, no problem. We'll, we'll do lunch. And so one particular day we went to, uh, we went to La Colonia. Anybody here remember La Colonia? All right, come on. Yes. I wish, I wish Jesus was here to call La Colonia from the dead. I wish he could raise it like he did Lazarus. But yes, come on. And so we, we, we went to La Colonia, and it was, there was four of us. I'll, I'll never forget this. We sat down in a booth, and, and we all ordered. And, um, you know, <clears throat> he, he decided he was going to get some chicken soup. Now, I don't know why he wanted chicken soup. But if you've ever been to a Mexican restaurant, chicken soup at a Mexican restaurant is not like you get it at Marie Callender's or anywhere else. And so, you know, all of our plates were coming out, and, you know, there's... Chili verde, and there's enchiladas, and there's all kinds, you know, all this stuff is coming out. And, and, and the waitress brings out his, his bowl of chicken soup and puts it on the table. And he, he looks at it, and he goes, what is this? I cannot believe it. I order chicken soup, and they bring me the whole chicken. <laughs> yeah, Jonah, this is, <laughs> this is Mexican chicken soup. So <clears throat> I, I, thought I, I thought I needed to make you laugh. You guys look too serious out there. So, you know, we read, we read of the disciples. Here we find the disciples on a ship being tossed by the waves rowing against the currents. It's dark. And the scripture tells us that it's the fourth watch. Now, the fourth watch occurs between sunrise and sunset. The, the Roman guards would take shifts and divide the night into four watches. It was during the fourth watch when Jesus came strolling on the water. It was the darkest hour of the night when all of a sudden Jesus came walking on the water. Can I tell somebody tonight, you may be in your darkest hour, you may be in your darkest moment, but if you'll just hold on, Jesus is going to come walking on the water. Jesus is almost to the boat. Hey, remember, you just got to hold on. Doesn't matter how dark it is. Just hold on. So Jesus comes strolling on the water. Leave it up to Peter. Leave it up to Peter to, to call out after the Lord, say, hey, don't, don't be afraid, it's me. I'm sure they recognized his voice. But Peter does something, when I think about it, it's just absolutely, it, it, it seems crazy. But Peter asked something specific of God. He said, if that be you, let me come to where you are. On the water. I want you to catch something here. Peter did not say, let me swim to you. He, he didn't say, let me get a raft and, and, and row over to where you're at. But he's, he asked something very specific of Jesus. He said, let me come to where you are on the water. And then he does something that just, again, it's crazy. He steps out of a boat that is not sinking. While the wind is blowing, while the waves are tossing, and then Peter steps outside the boat and he makes his way to where Jesus is. And as I begin to look at this and begin to pray about this, I feel like the Lord said this, amen, is an example of relationship. Because what Peter, Peter wanted to be next to Jesus. He wanted to be with him. 
Hey, man, where do you desire to be when you're in the middle of your storm? Where do you desire to be when the winds are blowing? Hey, man, where do you desire to be? Hey, man, when all hell is breaking loose in your life. Hey, man, where do you desire to be? Do you want to be next to the master? Do you want to be next to Jesus? Do you want to get into his presence? Hey, man, when the winds are blowing. I think I'm looking at some people tonight, hey man, they can testify and say, yes, that's where I want to be. Hey man, when everything in my world is upside down, hey man, it's all chaotic. Hey man, you know where you're going to find me? In the house of God. You know where you're going to find me? You're going to find me in a prayer room. You're going to find me in the word of God. Hey man, trying to dig some stuff out. Hey man, because my trust is in Jesus. My hope is in God. Hey man, he's never failed me. He's never failed me. He's never let me down. Hey man, there's some people in the house of the Lord tonight that that's your testimony, that Jesus has never never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's always been with you. He's walked with you, amen, through the tough times, through the valleys, through the mountaintops, amen, and he's here with you tonight. Amen, lift up your hands and just worship him. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We worship you. Lord, we thank you, God. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you the glory and the praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's always easy, amen, to criticize those that are willing to step out on faith. It's easy to, to just sit back in the boat and criticize Peter, right? It's easy for all of us here today to look at Peter and criticize him. But he was the one, amen, that stepped out of the boat. And I've come to tell somebody tonight it's time for you to step out of the boat. Hey, man, it's the fourth watch. It's dark. Hey, man, and it seems like everything is going chaotic in your life. But I've come with a message from the Lord to tell you, hey man, if you will just trust in God, hey man, and step outside the boat, watch God work a miracle. Watch God work a miracle. Hey, is there anybody in the house of the Lord today that believes he's still a miracle working God? Does anybody still believe, hey man, that he can open blinded eyes and unstop deaf ears? Is there anyone in the house of the Lord tonight, hey man, that believes that all Jesus has to do is speak a word over your situation, hey man, and make it right? So don't criticize those that step outside the boat. I'm telling you, we can, we can get a, 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 a spirit of criticism. Hey, man, if God is calling you to do something, do it. Put your hand to it. Put your hand to the plow. Don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. Hey, man, to do something for the kingdom of God. I don't want to get to the end of my life with those regrets of should have, would have, could have. Because when you're dead, Fred, it's all over. You don't have another chance. Today is our chance. Right now. Can I talk to somebody today? You may never have another opportunity. That was Peter's one opportunity to experience something in God. That he would never forget. I also recall uh, as a young man at senior camp. I've shared, I've shared this with my wife, so this, this ain't no, no secret. But she's not the only one that I dated. I love you, baby. <laughs> but as a young man, there was this young girl that I was, I was dating she lived in San Jose, and I'm not going to tell you what church. 
There's a few churches in San Jose. But I remember at senior camp, Brother Gurley had preached a message, life's second greatest decision. And I remember being in those altars that night and the Lord speaking to me and he told me, break up. It was just, it was it, break up. I said, Lord, <laughs> this is where the Lord had to compel me. <laughs> I was trying to argue with God. God, are you serious? Man, this is, you know, supposed to have a good time at senior camp. Well, thank God I obeyed the Lord. Some of these brothers were there. They, I think brother, brother CJ can, he can remember I was sitting on a planter with a hoodie over my head, just down and depressed. But it was maybe two or three months later, this young lady, she fell into fornication with another young man and backslid out of church. See, we don't, we don't know what God wants to do in our life all the time. But let me just tell somebody, as a young man, that was a very, very tough moment. But when we listen to God, when we follow, amen, after the voice of God, hallelujah, I can tell you today, amen, that I'm blessed of it. I've got a beautiful wife, beautiful children, amen. Who knows what could have happened? Peter, again, Peter asked something very specific. He wanted to walk on the water. Some of you, you've asked God some specific things. You've asked God to do some specific things in your life, in your family, but you haven't seen them come to pass. You haven't seen God work everything out. And so it's easy to look at that situation and if the musicians will come, it's easy to look at that situation and think that God's not going to move. It's easy to look at the waves and the wind and become discouraged. In fact, this is where we see Peter. As he's out there on the water, he begins to look at all that. And the scripture tells us that he begins to go down. And as he begins to sink... He cries out to the Lord. And what I love about that is the scripture says, when he called on the name of the Lord, the scripture says immediately. God didn't, God didn't wait for him to go all the way down, amen, and start drowning before he picked him up. Somebody hear me. The Lord didn't wait for Peter to get to a point where he had to bring him back on the boat and resuscitate him and pump water out of his lungs. But he reached down and he picked him up. And he begins to tell him, oh, ye of little faith. How does that even make sense? He got out of the boat. All the other cats, they, stood, they, they, they were like, man, I ain't no dummy. I'm staying on this boat. Not Peter. And then the Lord's telling him, oh, ye little faith, where did you doubt? What I believe was happening here is that Jesus was telling Peter, Peter, 
Did you think that I was going to let you get all the way out here after I told you to come and let you fail? Did you think that I was going to let you get outside of the boat, get outside of your comfort? Answer the call and think that I was going to let you fail? So tonight, I've come to encourage somebody's faith tonight. Wherever you're at, if God's called you, I want you to know that he's not going to let you fail. He's going to answer those prayers. Amen. We, We can all stand here tonight. I don't know how many here tonight are in what what the scripture calls the fourth watch. But if you're here tonight and it's a very dark hour for you, I've come to ask you, do you have enough faith tonight to step out of the boat, step out of your situation and put your faith and trust in Jesus and trust that he won't let you fail. Now I have failed miserably and some of you have as well. Within myself, I don't possess the ability to be anything great. And neither do any of you. But with Jesus. But with Jesus. Oh, come on, church. But with Jesus, all things are possible. Whatever you're going through tonight, would you put it in the hands of God? Amen. Would you step out from where you are right now? Amen. And make your way, amen, to an altar. Amen. Lift up your hands and trust God. Amen. Believe God for a miracle in your life. If you feel a call of God on your life, would you trust him tonight? Would you trust him? Put your faith and trust in Jesus. God is going to calm the storms. He's going to cause the winds to stop blowing. He's going to cause the waves to stop beating in your life. Oh, hallelujah.